Coming up on today's show, we're covering the latest financial news and break down a recent survey comparing baby boomers retirement versus Gen X. You don't want to miss it. Welcome in to Sound Path Through Retirement with Ben Koval and Matt Leibarker. Welcome on into the show. This is Sound Path Through Retirement. I'm your consumer advocate, Gary Nolan, here to help you take charge of your money is Ben Koval, Matt Leiberger. We thank you for joining us on 97.3 Cairo News Radio on your Sunday morning. A little bit about Ben and Matt. They are fiduciaries, and all the things we talk about on the show each week are the things we know that you, as retirees, are very interested in, whether it is wealth accumulation, asset protection, long-term care, tax minimization strategies, and so much more. So let's welcome the guys in. Ben and Matt, how are you doing today? Doing great, Gary. Hey, Gary, how's it going? Doing great. we got a really great show today. I know I said every week, but no, I mean it this week, too. So it has been a big week in the financial world. Federal Chair Jerome Powell returned to the podium to announce another interest rate hike. Now, the uh, Fed chair shared his biggest fears when it comes to not handling inflation in the long term and what he hopes to avoid in the future. I'm going to play the clip and I'll get your comments on the other side, guys. The worst outcome for everyone, of course, would be not to deal with inflation now, not get it done. Whatever the short-term social costs of getting inflation under control, the longer-term social costs of failing to do so are greater. The historical record is very, very clear on that. If you go through a period where inflation expectations are not anchored, inflation is volatile, it interferes with people's lives and with economic activity, and you know that's the thing we really need to avoid and will avoid. Yeah, uh, back in 1981, apparently, they ra- I don't remember this. I don't know where I was. They raised the rate so much that it sent us into a recession. So we're trying to avoid that, obviously. What do you think of what uh, Chairman Powell had to say, guys? Well, it is a little bit different from the from the 80s. Um, I, I 100% agree, number one, is we need to get inflation under control. If we don't, that's going to cause significant down-the-road problems. You look at some South and Central American countries over the last handful of years that have had inflation really destroy majority of their economy yeah I mean, we just can't keep adding zeros to the end of price tags of what stuff. you can't <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't work very well uh but the also the problem here is that this was a relatively manufactured issue you know when it comes down to the inflation problem you go back to 2020 you know the issue is that co covid was an unknown. Nobody knew if it was going to kill everybody or if it was going to kill nobody. But what the Fed knew was that there was panic happening. Mm -hmm. And panic could end up becoming runs on the market. It could end up becoming great depressions. It could end up becoming huge recessions. So they ended up opening up liquidity, unlimited liquidity to Mm -hmm. the market makers out there to be able to purchase whatever was was being offered up so that we didn't have huge dips in prices. And arguably, that could have been the right choice. In hindsight, it was a bit of an overreaction, right? But having so much more money supply out there caused inflation. Now, there are or were likely better ways to handle inflation than what the Fed has decided to do. They just keep on raising interest rates. They're, they're going the Paul Volcker method of controlling inflation, which is shock the system, shock the markets, yep. raise the rates as much as possible without causing a recession. And then, um, and uh, that will that will curb inflation, but you know anybody who bought a house in the '80s, late '70s, early '80s, you saw your interest rates on that mortgage at 15, 16 percent, right? So Paul Volcker had to go pretty steep to be able to curb what was stagflation at the time. Mm-hmm. We're not we're not breaching that territory at this point. Yeah, uh, but they could have fixed it earlier. They could have done a lot more earlier 
if they would have taken responsibility saying, hey, you know, we overreacted. We opened up too much money supply, and so we need to curb it back. And likely it would have caused more short-term problems, but it would have been fixed by now. I mean, you look at the Paycheck Protection Program, yeah. PPP. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was wrought with fraud. I mean, we had congressmen that were saying, oh, my business is affected by COVID, so I need a million dollar oh, yes. you know, forgiveness loan. I said, how yeah. is your and, business and, affected and then, by COVID? And then didn't have to pay it back. Didn't yeah. have to pay it back. Yeah. And they knew it. Yeah. And so that that one drives me crazy. I want to give myself a loan and then vote that I don't have to pay it back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, there's other issues. I mean, I knew companies that had a bunch of employees January 1, and that's what they were basing the Paycheck Protection Program on was yep. keeping those employees. They took the money, then fired the employees anyway. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah, not good. And, and so it, it doesn't work. It didn't work very well. Fox Business tackled the topic of potential investment folks can consider in this challenging economic times, inviting Europe Pacific's Peter Schiff and Nat Alliance's Andy Brenner on the network to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the best options they are giving inflation that we are facing. Let's uh, get Andy's comments first, and then I'll see what you guys have to say. I love T-bills at 5.5%. Look, you can't get a better deal than T-bills right now. I just like accruing 5.5% for T-bills. So I'm going to stay safe. I've made some good money in equities this year. I'm going to kind of put that aside, and I'm going to coordinate into T-bills. All right, what do you think about Mr. Brenner's comments? Yeah, you know, Brenner's looking to play safe right now and that's not necessarily a, a bad move I, I see what he's saying and and i'm very sympathetic to it so w when you're looking at that the feds came out i mean this raise was 11 11 out of the last 12 meetings uh raise raising interest so when you see this that that is going to play an effect on higher returns on you know things like cds t-bills th th things like that so this is an interesting point because it comes right after we actually just our last report was the inflation was down a little year over year than what's been about 3%. Mm -hmm. So for the first time really since we've been dealing with this, it's possible at least in the short term to safely put your money into items uh, that could actually outrun inflation at this exact moment. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, so I, a lot of people are talking about this. He's, he's not out in left field. He, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a bit of an issue yeah. that I have with this, though, is because everybody likes to um, they like to hyperbole. And so five and a quarter T-bills, that's great. I'm going to put – and that's assuming that you're putting everything in there. No, don't do that. Yeah, don't put everything don't in. Don't put everything in a five and a quarter T-bill. Everything is about time horizons. Make yeah. sure you have the right types of funds and you have the right types of horizons in those funds you're investing in. Yeah. Well, and, and also uh, the, the shorter term is still paying more than the long term, right? We're still in right. an inverted yield curve. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, however, I do think that if if they begin to get things under control and and if inflation continues to go down, these are all big ifs. The speculations that I've heard is they still may raise interest rates one, one more time before the end of the year. We'll see. But if that's the case and we start to come down the other hill, this might be the time to start to get some safe things over a longer term, five-year, 10-year, lock in some decent rates if yeah. – if we get them down, it's just a thought. We'll see. Mm -hmm. The show is Sound Path to Retirement. I'm Gary Nolan, your consumer advocate. With me is Ben Koval, Matt Lieberger, with us each week at this time on 97.3 Cairo News Radio, 877-249-6900, 877-249-6900. Now, on the other side of the coin, Europe Pacific's Peter Schiff shared his thoughts on the missteps made by the Fed 
in combating the financial crisis, particularly on potential investments and what the blueprint to use in the process. We'll get your comments on the other side. There's no safety in T-bills. you got to get out of the dollar. That's what's losing purchasing power. You want to own real money, which would be gold, but you want to own dividend-paying stocks that are not in dollars. You want to be in anything that's inflation-sensitive. And so all this stuff that worked during the bubble days, that's not going to work. Okay. You've got to be invested for inflationary-type stocks. So look at the 1970s. That's your blueprint for what's going to work. See the investments that worked in the 70s and get into those. Well, there you go. We have a couple of minutes left, guys. What do you think on uh, Mr. Schiff's uh, comments? I think that's more fear-mongering than most anything. Uh, you know, inflation uh, inflation attached stocks are a good, always a good choice. But truthfully, most everything is going to be inflation-adjusted on the stock side. Uh, you know, you go to tech, you go uh, – consumer, you know, you could go to precious metals and that type of thing. You don't want to go to the local pawn shop, buy a brick of gold and store it <laughs> under your house. Yeah, And gold itself is not a good long-term investment. No, it hasn't been. And yeah. it crashes. Mm. I mean, if you look at gold and silver, they crashed 40, 70 percent in, you know, not that long ago, five, six years ago. And so it's going to go through its own market crashes. And so people always say, oh, we'll fight to safety as gold. Well, it, it does work okay during inflation most times. Last year was not as great as we would have hoped for gold and silver. Uh, but it's not. it doesn't mean that we should panic all go into treasuries or we should panic yeah. and all go into dividend-paying stocks, which creates tax holes while you end up uh, retired. It's forced taxable events with dividend-paying stocks. So you might not want that in terms of your income generation. You don't want gold in all of your asset base, maybe a percentage of your assets into gold. But you need to make sure that you're making these decisions based on a level head. And, you know, when he mentioned 70s. Yes, 70s is the most uh, is the closest to what last year was. But if you look at 2021 and 2023, then all of a sudden that comparison falls apart. You know, when we take the 70s and the 80s, the market was flat for a decade and it did not do great run ups. It was down and stagnant. Unemployment rate was really high. We, these are not issues we're seeing right now. So don't chase the hot hand. Make sure that you always have a good, stabilized process and plan in place for retirement. And that's really what we focus on is planning through retirement. What does this all look like? How do you create a retirement plan that's going to be stable and consistent? That's going to last as long as you do. You're not going to run out of money. You have to move in with kids. And it takes a retirement focus. Uh, I say one size fits all advisors, someone who has a 20-year-old client and has a 70-year-old client. Those are very different stages of life and very different investment philosophies needed for them. We focus only on retirees, people who are within 10 years of retirement. And if that's you and you know, you're know you interested in learning more about what retirement might mean, what today's world is and how you can invest according to today's world, Matt and I are hosting a couple of events over the next couple of weeks, both on the east side and over in Seattle area, Mount Lake Terrace, where we'll bring you in. You can have a nice dinner, bring a spouse, bring a friend and sit down, learn more about what's happening today. Completely complimentary, no obligation, no cost to it. This is informationally based. Now, if you want to end up talking with us more in person, then great. At that event, you can end up signing up and, and we'll go through more specifics of your case. But if you're interested in how you can best attack today's world with your retirement, then you know call us and and say you want to come to one of those events. Now, uh, we might be sending you to voicemail. 
we tend to get a lot of calls on this. So leave a message if you do get voicemail and we will call you back as soon as we can and we'll get you scheduled. 877-249-6900. 877-249-6900. What's up next, guys? Coming up after the break, we cover the true impact inflation can have on your nest egg and offer six strategies to save your retirement from the scourge of inflation. Welcome back to the show. This is Sound Path to Retirement. I am your consumer advocate, Gary Nolan. With me every week at this time is Ben Colville, Matt Lieberger. Thank you for joining us. 97.3 Cairo News Radio. Good to be with you on a Sunday morning. We're going through some things that are on people's mind when it comes to retirement, whether it's wealth accumulation, asset protection, life insurance, long-term care strategies, and so much more. A little bit about Ben and Matt. They are fiduciaries with over 10 years experience. We're going to get back into the show right now. The Federal Reserve raised interest rates by a quarter point, lifting the interest rates to the highest level in 22 years. Now, the decision to do so has impacted economic activity in the short and long term. And today, we're diving into the particulars so that you and your retirement plan can remain intact through retirement. Oh, the scourge of inflation sounds like a bad horror movie. The scourge of inflation. Or a good horror movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I love the, the folks who write the, uh, the show notes this week. Uh, the first question is, what is inflation? It means you can't buy stuff as much as you used to, pretty much. Am I, is, did I get that one right? <laughs> yeah, it, it means too much money for too few goods Yep, is, is really what inflation results in. Mm-hmm. So now, is inflation expected in a, in a healthy economy? We always see a little bit of inflation, right? Yeah. Yeah. You want a natural inflation metric. I mean, the Fed has said they want to get between two and 3% per year long-term inflation metrics. And that's not abnormal. That's not, uh, and that won't cause significant issues. It's just growth and growth in the economy, growth in the money supply, growth in the workforce. It, inflation is a natural thing. We don't want deflation. We don't want hyperinflation. Yeah. What is deflation when things, when you don't have enough goods and serve for folks? Is that right? Pretty much? It's where we have uh, too many goods oh, I see. and Not too few money. dollars. Oh, I got you. I and so yeah. everything gets cheaper as opposed to things getting more expensive, which sounds good. But the issue is it starts to devalue your currencies too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the opposite, hyperinflation, that's defined as over 50% increase within, uh, was it a yeah, month? A period of time. Yeah, a period yeah, of time. Or a couple, yeah. couple of cycles. So, to, for anyone who's old enough, think of Hungary in 1945. Yeah. Crazy hyperinflation. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. So how does inflation pose a risk to the to the average American? Obviously, things are costing more for them, correct? Yeah. It, inflation can be seen as, you know, when, when the cost of goods get higher, if, if you have savings that aren't increasing with inflation, then it just it erodes your overall purchasing power of your savings over time. So where, where this specifically uh, impacts is, is people that Ben and I work with all the time, and that's with retirees. Th- think of it this way. When you're, you know, retirees are on a fixed income. When you're young and the cost of goods go up a little bit, generally speaking, when you're young and in the workforce, you can go to your boss and ask for a raise to keep up with just the cost of living. And historically, over over time, that has been what's happened. It's the reason why the average income today is very different than the average income of 80 years ago, right? Um, and, and so at that point, you're earning more. Hopefully, you're saving more as well. So you're saving your accumulation keeps up with inflation. When you're retired, you're on a fixed income. You, you don't have a boss to go to. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, you can't really go to your portfolio and ask your assets to give you more money, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. the, 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 those are inanimate objects. They really just don't care. So inflation is something specifically, especially uh, inflation that goes too far, specifically something that that targets seniors and retirees. And so that, that that's what we work to plan around. Yeah, I need to talk to you guys because I'm making less than I did 20 years ago. So <laughs> something's, going, something's, something's going backwards here. That's not good. So, well, well, you guys need to help me with that, okay? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we talked a little bit about just a, a, another talk about savings for retirement. You, you talked about on a fixed income. That's pretty much really how it affects folks, right? Well, another area, and you know, back to the previous segment where they're talking about treasuries at five and a quarter, and that's great. It's only great compared to what inflation does. Mm-hmm. If inflation's up 6%, that's not a great investment. You've lost money. Yeah. You've lost purchasing power. And so that's why it's so important that you do have inflation be a consideration on your investments, that you're not just looking at what the raw return potential is, especially on the fixed income side of things. That way, uh, you can invest appropriately and not take unnecessary risks and take surprise uh, decreases to your purchasing power. That's the whole point when, you know, every week we talk about diversification, right? No, no, I mean, not, not, not just within a single asset allocation, but uh, among asset allocations. Yeah, for so, purpose too. For purpose, yeah. You know, it, it, don't put everything in your treasuries. Ben's right. Uh, don't put everything in CDs. Don't put everything in the stock market, especially if you're retired. Don't risk everything. Sit down, look at what we're trying to do, diversify for purpose, like Ben's saying, and and let's see what asset allocations we can put together holistically to give you stability in your income throughout your retirement, uh, yet at the same time, the flexibility to allow for bumps in the road when they come. Mm-hmm. I want to give you the phone number. Get on the calendar, 877-249-6900, 877-249-6900. Get yourself all set up. No cost, no obligation. Also, they got some great events uh, around town in the next couple of weeks. Am I right, guys? Yep, yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's talk about the B word, uh, budgeting wisely. I-, I like to call it a spending plan. We don't like that budget word, but <laughs> yeah, you really need to sit down and budget, right? Well, and you need to budget differently. So we've talked about budget before and how that's, for some, it's really difficult uh, to budget at the point of retirement. But what we're talking about here in terms of inflation is budget around what's most impacted by inflation. So inflation doesn't universally impact everything equally. You know, it's not like eggs are up 8% and rent is up 8% and gas is up 8%. It doesn't go straight across the board. Now, some of the highest inflationary spending that we've seen for the last handful of decades is medical inflation. Medical inflation tends to be higher than standard inflation. So when we're talking about budget, make sure you're budgeting according to what the inflation is for that specific element and build your purchasing power around that. So, yes, make sure that you can work within that number, but also make sure that you have a good expectation of what that number is going to be in 15, 20 years. Usually inflation doesn't hit you in the first couple of years, you know, exceptions being the last couple of years when, you know, inflation's up 8%. That hits you year over year. Mm But the problem with inflation is truly the compounding effect of it over a decade. 8% one year, 3% the next, 2% the next, all that adds up to a purchasing power problem if you don't have it directly tied to what your retirement plan is. Yeah, I mean, inflation is stacked. You know, just say, okay, so it went up 3% in regard to last year at the same time, but you're also stacking on uh, the previous years of inflation. Uh, You have to add those together, don't you? Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've had people go, oh, it's down to 3%. Right. And, and well, down, no, it's 3% year over year from last year. And if last year was already up X percent, yeah. then we're still up. We're just not rising as quickly. Right, exactly. Down is, is, a, is a bad way to, to frame that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no kidding, yeah. We talk about maximizing your contributions. That That's one hedge against inflation. Oh, it really is, especially if you're, you know, in in, in that red zone. If you're five, 10 years out, and, and heck, you know, we talk about we only generally work with retirees. But if you're listening and, you know, you're 30, it's, it's the same idea. Contribute as much as you can, especially like your 401k. I'll, I'll take that because most companies offer a match. Number one, contribute now. Number two, take the free money, right? And, and as you do that, keep doing that while you're working because maximizing that keeps your retirement funds growing. And that affords you the opportunity to really get ahead of inflation uh, during your working years. Review and make revisions on your current uh, plan. You need to keep an eye on that plan and change as you go, right? Well, and that's one thing that we always say when it comes to retirement plans. We want to have a plan that is structured and stable enough for your income, but flexible enough to change as the world changes around you. Because the truth is that everybody's retirement, God willing, is decades long, and things are going to go wrong during those couple decades. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that we have a plan that will be able to adjust, essentially move around the investment choices to be able to uh, take advantage of what's happening in the world as it comes in. So make sure you're not taking all your money and locking it into a life annuity because then you can't change. When the world changes around you, you're losing to inflation every year. Mm-hmm. You don't want to take all of your money and you know lock it into a non-standard REIT. Similar thing. It's going to be locked in. There's nothing you can do. Now, you might want to put some of your portion into a five-year CD or three-year something. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But make sure you have a certain percentage of it in there, and then you have availability of other funds to be able to combat what the what the future looks like. Yeah, and another point is develop a plan to combat you know taxes. You got to think about that too. Yeah, and ta- taxes are, are something a lot of people don't want to think about because it's weird, it's difficult, and you. And- takes math, but and unknown, all, and yeah. unknown. That, that's really the key. Taxes are subject to change in the future, right? Uh, but but utilize options that really allow you to save uh, for your future in ways that can really provide uh, potential tax advantages. And so depending on your retirement savings plan, uh, and Ben talked about reviewing that plan, uh, you, you can position funds to grow in, in different ways, tax deferred, tax free manners, Right. I mean, th- think think 401ks or IRAs, tax deferred, think Roth tax free, think brokerage account. You're dealing with capital gains. You know, look at these different strategies on where you're putting your money. Well, the other issue with taxes, it compounds with inflation. If inflation goes up and taxes go up, then you have even less spendable power because taxes are taking more of your money and inflation's eroded your principal. And really, this is where it comes down to having a good plan, having a good understanding of how you're going to combat these types of issues. And when I say a good plan, I don't mean just a generalized sense of how you're going to draw income for yourself. I mean an understanding of where, how, and when you're drawing income to yourself. What's the tax status of those accounts? And how does that impact the world and the current events? So we always have about 10 slots that we open up for appointments for clients to call in just to be in complimentary meeting for Matt and I sit in our office or go remote and we can talk you through some of the issues directly related to you. If that speaks to you and you want to call in to get a good understanding of where you are and what your plan looks like, call in. But we're also holding a handful of events over the next couple of weeks where we'll buy you a nice dinner, sit you down and talk you through some of these issues. Talk about current events. If that's appealing to you and a little less of a uh, focused uh, one-on-one type of scenario, but you just want to learn some of the information, then great. Call us. We'll reserve one of those spots for you so that you can come in and learn some of this information as well. If you get sent to voicemail, 
leave a message. We'll call you back as soon as we can. 877-249-6900. Get on Ben and Matt's calendar. Get yourself a more confident plan to retire, stress-free, peace of mind, or attend one of the events we're talking about. They're great learning experiences. You can have a lot of fun and get some dinner too. 877-249-6900. What do you guys have up next for me? Coming up next, we're discussing all things related to retirement confidence. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the show. This is Sound Path to Retirement. I'm your consumer advocate, Gary Nolan. With me, Ben Koval, Matt Lieberger, with us each week at this time on 97.3 Cairo News Radio. I want to thank you for joining us, spending some time with us. A little bit about Ben and Matt. They are fiduciaries, which means by law have to have the best interest of their clients. Over 10 years experience. All things we talk about on the show each week, we know these things are really important to you, retirees or pre-retirees whether it's a wealth accumulation, asset protection, long-term care strategies, and so much more. All right, get this stat now. Between now and 2030, roughly 10,000 baby boomers each day will hit retirement age, meaning millions of folks will be retiring in the next six and a half years. Boy, the restaurants around 430 are going to be really crowded for those early bird specials, let me tell you. <laughs> now, today, including me, uh, today we're exploring the results of the Transamerica Center for Retirement Studies, their 23rd annual survey. Congratulations, Transamerica Center for Retirement Studies. Uh, we're going to highlight some of the retirement risks facing two different generations as they prepare for retirement. Let's talk about Gen X first. Those between Born between 1965 and 1980, the oldest members of Gen X are now in their late 50s. The youngest are in their early 40s, and many seek to extend their working lives to save more and retire later. Going to dive into some of the stats associated with Generation X and uh, overall confidence about retirement. Talk about Gen Xers for me, guys. Yeah, I, I'll talk about Gen X since this is my generation. There you go. Um, yeah, you know, reading this this survey, this study w- was really interesting, but it, it makes sense to me. Uh, a couple stats that stood out, only 17% of Gen- Generation X, uh, only 17% of those workers are listed themselves as, quote unquote, very confident that they will be able to retire fully with a comfortable lifestyle. Uh, so not, not many. That means 83% of Gen Xers just don't have that confidence. Yeah, wow. Right? Um, uh, close to that as well, 80%, eight in 10 folks are concerned that social security will not be there for them when they are ready retired. Yeah. And I remember growing up hearing this, uh, plan ahead because social security won't be there. I think there was a real pessimism about that, you know, with, with the generation, at least, you know, that I, that I was raised around and, you know, nowadays we're looking and thinking, gosh, maybe if I would have been more optimistic, <laughs> I would have saved some more. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, it's a really interesting mindset with, with Gen Xers right now. Yeah, interesting. Well, my, it, my, my kids are millennials, and they have the same uh, view of it. They don't think Social Security is going to be around. Of course, they're a little bit younger than the, the, the Gen Xers. Uh, is this a realistic concern? I, I, what do you think? Maybe. Yeah, for baby boomers, I don't think it's a realistic concern. I don't think baby boomers are going to see much of any change to Social Security. It, it's too baked in. It's too last minute. But with the Gen Xers? Gen X, maybe. Millennials, maybe. I mean, if you listen to the rhetoric that's happening out there, we haven't for uh, this election cycle is the first time that I can remember that we have true discussion around 
changes the social security system. But here's the big issue is that social security is not the big killer. The big issue right now in terms of funding is Medicare. And so it's hard for me to really connect that we're going to have Medicare and social security go away when we've got millennials that are pushing more social type programs, not less. They're pushing Medicare for all. They're pushing, you know, free college and all, all these different elements. They're going in a, in a, a different direction than what we're hearing the rhetoric talking about with social security. And so if there's no political appetite to change it, then it'll fund in, it'll bake in, it'll change. But we, we don't know. There are issues in social security that need to get fixed. Yeah, I, I don't think that the fear that 80% were concerned of the Gen Xers, that social security will just simply not be there. I, I personally think social security will still be there. There may be some changes to it. Yeah. Uh, but I think that fear is a little overdrawn amongst my generation. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, but the thing is, nobody knows. We have no idea what social security is going to be in five years when you were doing your mba you didn't you didn't take the class in in tea leaf reading <laughs> yeah, yeah. And crystal i well, went to i went to a better school than you did obviously yeah, so my crystal ball broke i, I don't know yeah okay <laughs> did you guys go to there's got to be several psychics in you in the area there you can go to i'm sure <laughs> they might have right. some advice for you right yeah but uh a final thought on uh, on gen x's before we move to baby boomers 54% of Gen Xers plan to work in retirement. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, and, and, and that doesn't surprise me when, again, when 83%, uh, we just read, you know, are not confident that they can fully retire comfortably, right? Only 17% think they can. Then, yeah, actually, I'm surprised not more than 54% are thinking they're going to work in retirement because mm -hmm. more of them don't think they can retire comfort, uh, mm -hmm. comfortably. Well, it, the truth about retirement is that it usually isn't a full break. Sometimes it is. Sometimes you go from working full-time, full speed, 60, 70 hours a week to nothing. Mm -hmm. And then you're gardening and you know whatever the case is. Most times it's a gradual process where you retire, but you fill your time with things that mean more to you. You yeah. fill your time with volunteer work, teaching, or whatever it might be. And so usually you have a second career as you get into retirement, but it's it's not as stressful and, and it's more of what you want. But the big thing about retirement is that sometimes it becomes forced. Mm -hmm. I mean, the truth is, is that once your health goes away, nothing else matters. You know, health is the most important element. And so I think it's pretty common when you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s to start thinking, I'm going to work till I'm 70. But then you start to feel that age creeping up and you get into your 60s and you go, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I really want to be doing this anymore. You find out for the first time you have high cholesterol and you think, oh, okay, adult problems. Or you have a scare. Yeah. Right? Or you right. wake up and your back is just, you know, you mean I like had that. I went camping the other day. So I went camping with my oldest, 13. And it's not really camping. You know, when I grew up camping was you go, I grew up over at Lake Tahoe area. So it was always like snow camping, which is miserable. Oh, <laughs> For those of you that like snow camping, oh, no, my apologies, no, no. but I'm not a big fan. But we went camping over in Arlington and it, you know, we had a, it's like a cabin type thing with just wood slats on it. So yeah. it wasn't really camping. But I woke up the next day and my back was done. <laughs> and you're like, maybe I don't want to work in my suit. I couldn't do anything. And I'm like, oh, man, age is, is really starting to become a factor here. <laughs> hey, don't talk about and that so, to me, boy, because I know every the first thing I say when I get up in the morning, I go, why am I so achy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's and it's rough. So that's what matters a lot in retirement is making sure you have enough health to do what you want to do. And so I think that those numbers change as time goes on. You get closer to the inevitability of what that looks like. The show is Soundpath through Retirement. 
Retirement. I'm Gary Nolan, your consumer advocate. With me, Ben Coble, Matt Lieberger. Thank you for joining us, spending part of your Sunday morning with us. 97.3 Cairo News Radio. I want to give you the phone number. This way you get on Ben and Matt's calendar. You deserve a more confident plan to retire. Stress-free, peace of mind, but it all starts by picking up the phone and punching those numbers in. 877-249-6900. 877-249-6900. Get yourself set up. No cost, no obligation plan. Also, they got some great events around town. Uh, when you call, you could ask about that as well. All right, let's get to baby boomers. Yeah, I'm one of those. Uh, born between 1946 and 1964. I'm not going to tell you when, though. Uh, some are in their <laughs> late 50s to 70s, especially vulnerable to employment risks, volatility in financial markets, and increasing inflation, which all could disrupt their plans for retirement. How about some stats from the study on baby boomers? Well, just over 40% of baby boomers expect Social Security to be their primary source of retirement income. What, what, what a yeah. huge difference. Yeah. The, the Gen Xers are going, yeah, it's not even going to be there. Baby boomers, like 40% are going, I need it. I, I think that's everything. Well, and it's it's true. Social Security covers a vast majority of retirees' incomes. Mm-hmm. And and it was never meant to do that. Especially with the loss of the pension. Yeah. yeah with pensions going away, Social Security has been the what people lean on. And that's one reason why it's very unlikely that baby boomers are going to see Social Security go away. Because if Social Security goes away, then we have just added many millions of seniors into the welfare system. Mm-hmm. If Social Security is their only source of income and you take Social Security away, who's going to cover that? The government's going to anyway. And so it's very unlikely that baby boomers are going to see that go away uh, in in the way that it's being fear-mongered. Now, uh, another stat that's somewhat mind-boggling here is that almost half of baby boomer workers, so about 49% of them, expect to work past age 70 or don't plan to retire at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes I think this is built in based on work ethic. Uh, you know, they saw their parents struggle and they're, they don't want to run into the similar situations or uh, they don't know what to do with their time. Sometimes I've had some clients sit across the table from me and the real reason why they're working is because he doesn't know what he's going to do with his time and she doesn't want him involved with her, <laughs> what she does with her time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've actually had kind of tongue in cheek conversations with my in-laws as they're talking about that going, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. What if he's always hanging around seeing what I'm doing? <laughs> is, is this the reason why Gary's wife keeps yeah, him working exactly, with us? Yeah. No comment. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're, you're, you're exactly right. She doesn't want me in the house, you know, go do something. I don't care what you do. Just get away from me for a few hours. <laughs> no comment on that. Yeah, I know. But you know, even, even with my in-laws, my father-in-law had a scare. And that's what what pushed him into retirement is saying, well, I don't I don't know, I, you know, the stress of this, it might not be what's best for me. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to maintain an open mindset on this. But here's here's another stat that I want to kind of jump ahead to, Gary, is mm-hmm. that 11% of both Gen X and baby boomers based their estimate on retirement as what was given by a financial advisor. Wow. 11%. That's terrible. That means 89% are guessing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they haven't talked to a financial professional. They don't know what their asset base is going to look like or what their income can be. And so they're just hoping for the best. And I get it. You know, the, the thing about meeting with a financial professional, is sometimes it's overwhelming and scary. And, and also nobody likes to be made to feel stupid. And if your thing is not financial and you sit down across a financial advisor, you're thinking, oh, they're going to, you know, they're going to look down on me or, or they're going to talk down. No, that is not a financial advisor's job. Everybody's situation is different and there's no right or wrong answer. There's just what's the trade-off? 
What are we at? And what can we do to get you to where you need to be? So don't let that be the reason why you're not talking to a financial professional. You should have somebody who does this for a living is able to tell you, hey, this is this is the true number. This is what you're looking at. Yeah. And there's and there's no judgment of how you got there. It's just it's, it's a classic saying I, I like to ask myself on, on many things. It's, you know, so what, what now? Yeah. Right. There's no judgment. So what now? What do we do from here? Um, I, one of the final stats I'll share that we read was 56 percent of Gen Xers and 47 percent of baby boomers agreed with this statement. I prefer not to think about or concern myself with retirement investing until I get closer to my retirement age. And that's kind of what you're talking about, Ben, like early on, talk to the financial advisor and plan this. Um, This is something, you know, as you can tell, um, all of us, Ben, myself, Gary included, we we are passionate about this. Um, This is not something to to just uh, throw to the wind and hope that one day when you walk out of your job for the last time, you just hope everything works out. This is something you want to plan for. And to plan means you need information. Information is key. So as Ben mentioned over the previous segments, over the next month or so, we are having a handful of seminars that we are doing, both Ben and myself, on the east side, Bellevue area, and on the west side, uh, Mount Lee Terrace, Edmonds area. Uh, if you want to come meet with us in person, you've listened to our voice on the radio enough, and you want to come sit down and, and, and meet, meet with us in a group setting, no pressure, no salesy, just simply information. We're going to have these dinners. Come on out, bring a significant other, sit down, enjoy dinner, and we're going to discuss in person what's going on in the market, what are new things on the horizon that we need to be aware of, and and different ideas for planning for the long term. So give us a call. If, uh, if the lines are busy, uh, leave us a voicemail. One of our people will get back to you as soon as possible, and we'll get you set up to come out, meet us in person, and uh, have some good discussions. 877-249-6900. 877-249-6900. You deserve a more confident plan to retire. Stress-free, peace of mind, but it all starts by picking up the phone and punching those numbers in and get on the calendar or get yourself scheduled for one of those events. That sounds like a great evening. And again, no cost, no obligation. 877 249 Six nine zero zero. All right, we're going to take a short break. Back with more of Ben and Matt and Sound Path to Retirement in just a moment. What do you guys have up next for me? Up next, we've got questions from you, the listeners. That and more right after this. Welcome back to the show. This is Sound Path to Retirement. I'm your consumer advocate, Gary Nolan. Back with us to help you take charge of your money is Ben Coble, Matt Lieberger. A little bit about Ben and Matt. Over 10 years' experience, they are fiduciaries, which means by law has to have the best interest of their clients. Thank you for joining us, spending part of your weekend with us. Your Sunday morning, 97.3 Cairo News Radio. And all the things we talk about on the show each week, we know these things that are really important to you folks who are listening today whether it's wealth accumulation strategies, asset protection, long-term care, life insurance, and so much more. And that's some of the things you'll uh, talk to Ben and Matt about when you meet with them at their team at SoundPath Retirement Strategies. All right, let's get to the questions that got sent in to us. Martha in Seattle, how do I determine how much to withhold on my monthly Social Security income? The first, This will be the first year that I receive benefits, and they will be starting in September. What do we have for Martha? Yeah, Martha, this... This is a little bit of a, I hate to kick the ball. This is a little bit of a CPA question. You're starting in September. Depends on what your um, combined income was. So um, depending on what your combined income is and you're starting in September, but take a full year, you know, that's going to determine your income taxes, you know, what you're going to pay. So for instance, I don't know if you're married or single, but you know, if you're single as of this year, 2023, um, 
if you've got a combined income of 25000 to 34000 to use this year as an example, then you're going to pay income tax on your Social Security benefits up to 50%, depending on where you fall within that range of twenty five to 34000 If your combined income uh, is over 34000 then depending on how high it gets, you can pay up to, you know, taxes on up to 85% of your income. But that really is something, depending on how you're filing, that I would talk with my CPA over. All right, Martha, thank you so much for your question. Frank and Renton, I have money in CDs. And I'm charged fees for withdrawing from these accounts, and I want my money to be able to grow in an account, but I also want to be able to withdraw uh, from without any fees if needed. What kind of accounts can I invest my money in? What do we have for Frank? Well, CDs are always somewhat illiquid, right? So if you do a three-year CD, then you're locked in for a three-year period of time. If you want to get out of it, then you pay a couple months of interest to get out of it, and that's the fees that you're referring to here. So CDs are not a good investment choice if you're going to be needing that money before it becomes liquid. When it becomes options for what you can do that's more liquid, you're talking about money market accounts are liquid, and their their earns aren't too bad right now. They're actually rivaling more longer-term CDs, and so that might be a good alternative. Uh, But then you start looking at more uh, risk-exposed accounts. So bond funds, you can get out of whenever. You're just going to be value whatever it is at the point you sell it, stocks, same thing. The issue being is that if you need this money for income, and you're retired, well, then you don't really want stocks or bond funds to be the source of it. Bond funds have been hammered as interest rates have been climbing. Stock accounts are volatile. They'll go up and they'll go down. And so CDs are a good alternative to that for an income draw. But again, make sure that you're building in liquidity ladders for yourself if you're going to do CDs, meaning that you've got a 3, 6, 9, 12, 18-month CD. And then once that first uh, CD matures, that's your income for the next three months. And then the next CD matures, that's your income. So you could be more structured that way. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't recommend CDs being your long-term goal if you're trying to draw these funds out pretty consistently. Gary offered to hold all of my money and give it back to me when I need it <laughs> yeah, sure. uh, without any penalties. Yeah, yeah, well, well, no interest either. No yeah. no interest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he just, just the convenience of him holding it. Sure, I'm happy to do that. It's buried in the, back, uh, in the backyard, by the way. I might let you know. <laughs> all right, Frank, thank you so much. Marie and Edmonds, I'm 65 years old. I have... million from divorce proceedings. What concepts can I use to guide the allocation of my assets in my portfolio? Well, there's the Gary Nolan um, um, uh, fund. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let Gary hold it. Yeah, in the yeah, backyard. Yeah. yeah, we're back to Gary holding it. Yeah, back to me holding <laughs> your money again. Now, seriously, what do we First have for, all, for Murray? Uh, 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 I didn't get $1.5 million when I got divorced. Yeah. So, yeah. You didn't do it right. I didn't do it right. No, I guess not. I didn't have Gary as my lawyer. Yeah, there you um, go. I would handle now, it for you. M- Marie, not, not to make jokes about divorce proceedings. They're never fun. Uh, I have been there. But uh, looking at the $1.5 million, you're 65 now. You're at that retirement age. You may work a little longer. You may not. Um, depends on, on what your needs are. But as far as for concepts, I would say this. Your concept to use as a guide um, – it's diversification within asset allocations and diversification within those asset allocations. And here's what I mean by that. Ben and I often talk about kind of three um, qualities that we, three questions we ask about qualities within any investment. Uh, when we're thinking about buying it for ourselves or for our clients, we'll ask, you know, about liquidity. Is this liquid or is my client's funds going to be held up for a while? And so we'll ask that question about liquidity. We'll also ask about growth. Uh, how has this fared over the past you know, decade or so? Um, and then we'll also ask about safety. Is this investment safe? Can ourselves or can our clients lose their principal? Uh, everything can have two out of those three, those three qualities. Something can be liquid and safe. Something can be liquid and earmarked for higher growth. And something can be safe and growth. So what you want is some of all three of those combos. 
That's the key. I mean, that's the combination. Take your 1.5 million. If you sat down with Ben or I, we would, after, after going through and looking at your income strategy, tax strategy, do some estate planning, some insurance planning. After that, we would look and think, okay, what investments that are diversified amongst those different asset allocations will be best for this 1.5 million to create structured income that accounts for inflation for the rest of your life. And, uh, you know, and really we'll plan it out till age 100 and, and make something safe that we can, we can plan for. So I'd love to sit down with you and chat about what that would look like based on your specific needs and your specific risk tolerance. Yeah, Marie, thank you so much for your question. Marie, Frank, and Martha, I want to give you the phone number and everybody else listening right now, too, to get on the calendar for Ben and Matt. Let me give you that number, 877-249-6900. 877-249-6900. You really deserve a more confident plan to retire. Stress-free, peace of mind, nothing changes to you. Pick up the phone and punch those numbers in. 877-249-6900. And as Ben and Matt uh, told you previously, they have some events coming up around town, so make sure you ask about that when you call the number. 877-249-6900. All right, let's get to Ken in West Seattle. I'm inheriting approximately $47,000 from the sale of my deceased mother's home. Should I invest all of it or invest half of it, use the other half to pay the balance of my mortgage, which is approximately $25,000 at 4.5% interest? What do we have for Ken? Ken, I'm sorry to hear about your mother, first off. Uh, In terms of this mortgage question, it's one of the most common ones that Matt and I get. And there's two ways that you answer this question. The first way is what is the best financial decision for you? And the second is what's the best peace of mind decision for you? So financially, the rule of thumb is that you take a look at what your interest rate is on your mortgage. You're at four and a half percent and you compare it to what that same dollar can get you if you invest it. You can get a CD at five and a quarter or five and a half or or whatever it is. Well, then that CD is better to invest in than paying off your mortgage. You get arbitrage, you get difference between the four and a half and whatever your return is on the the CD or whatever the case is. And so you get more money, you get more bang for your buck on that case. Uh, Stock investments might be getting you six or seven or whatever the case is. And so that's really the financial decision point on it. And four and a half right now, it doesn't make as much financial sense to pay off that mortgage. The second way you make that decision, though, is what gets you sleeping better at night. So maybe you really hate having a mortgage. Maybe the idea of having debt over your head just creates restless nights for you, and you just want to be done with that level of debt. Well, maybe that's higher in terms of value to you than the arbitrage between the interest environments between this hypothetical CD and the 4.5% mortgage interest rate. If that is more valuable to you, then pay off the mortgage and just know you're not making the quote-unquote best financial decision but you're making the best peace of mind decision for you. So either decision is likely fine. But again, I I would always say that sometimes we're forced into decisions more than we have elective decisions, meaning that maybe to retire, you really need to be using your assets in the most optimal financial way. If that's the case, well, then likely you're going to have to sacrifice a bit of that peace of mind of not having a mortgage for the better financial decision point. So make sure you know what your assets are going to be doing for you and what your uh, what your income is going to look like at the point of retirement. Mm-hmm. You have a question that just came in, Ben. Is that right? Yeah, we had a question from last week that uh, I didn't get to you, Gary. So apologize for that, but I want to make sure that we, we get this through. So Janice called last week. We were talking a lot about um, HSAs. And so the question is, regards to HSA, I was told that I could not have an HSA when you have Medicare 
and we didn't quite talk about that. So mm-hmm. clarifications on HSAs while drawing Medicare. Yeah, um, thanks. And that was Janice who wrote it. Janice, yeah. Hey, thanks, Janice, for the question, and uh, thanks for being patient for us to get back to you uh, a week later. Yeah, we talked about HSAs, health savings accounts. Th- these are great vehicles that uh, are incorporated not only in your medical planning, but sometimes in retirement planning as well. Um, you're right. Uh, to have a Medicare and have a health savings account, those 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 can't be held uh, you know at the same time. Uh, if you're on Medicare, you can't open. Uh, a new HSA or continue to contribute to an old one. And the reason being is that HSA has all kinds of benefits, uh, is, but there are there is a limitation. The limitation I'll start with. Limitation is you have to be on a high deductible healthcare plan, uh, HDHP, they call it. Um, if, a Medicare doesn't qualify for that. So just for that reason, you can't have both. Now, if you already had an HSA throughout your life that you've been contributing into, uh, then you can still use those funds for medical expenses or what have you. You just can't open a new HSA or can or continue to contribute without penalties. Now, I will say if we're going into this HSA as well, um, let, let me say the benefit. It's a triple tax benefit. It has the potential to be a tip, triple tax-free benefit. In other words, you put your money in, and if you use it for qualified medical expenses, that money you put in, you'll never be taxed on. Um, when you take it out for your uh, for your for, for your benefits, you're never taxed on that either. Uh, now there is an exception after age sixty-five. If you take it out for other reasons that aren't medical, you can do that, but you will be taxed uh, for income tax. Prior to 65, you take it out. There's also a 20% penalty if it's not for medical. So be careful with that. But I will say if you've got a current one, you can still use that for medical uh, benefits. You just can't start a new one. All so, right. Great advice. Guys, uh, final minutes, uh, final thoughts on the show before we go? Yeah. I'll, I'll throw out once again that we are really excited, Ben and myself, about some uh, uh, get-togethers we're having this month. We're going to have some dinner seminars where we're coming together and just sharing free information. Uh, questions like what we just had that, that have come in, we get questions like this all the time. So we put together these dinner seminars. They're not sales. There's nothing, you know, keep, keep your checkbooks in, in, in your purses and, you know, in, in your wallets. This is informational. So you and a plus one, come on out, have some dinner with us, and we will talk about where the economy's at, what we're facing, and what things we can look at for the future. So give us a call. If you, if lines are busy, leave us a voicemail. One of our people will get back to you and we'll get you on the calendar. All right. Sounds great, Matt. Here's that number, 877-249-6900. Folks, advice like this shows you how important it is to meet with a financial coach who understands the ins and outs of the financial world. Take advantage of this opportunity. Make sure you're on the right path. The path is based on your risk preferences, your budget, and your goals. That number, 877-249-6900. No cost, no obligation. Get yourself all set up with a great plan for retirement, stress-free peace of mind because that's what you deserve you deserve a more confident plan to retire call that number get on the calendar or get yourself set up some of those uh, great events one more time on the number before we go 877-249-6900 well the show has flown right on by i'd like to thank everyone for listening we hope you found the information we presented helpful and look forward to all of you being back next week we'll have new topics and new questions right here on sound path retirement ben and matt as always i enjoyed it Go out and enjoy the rest of your weekend, guys. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Gary. Have a good one.
All content is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to provide any tax or legal advice or provide the basis for any financial decisions, nor is it intended to be a projection of current or future performance or indication or future results. Opinions expressed are solely those of SoundPath Retirement Strategies and staff. The information discussed has been derived from sources believed to be reliable, but is not guaranteed as to accuracy and completeness and does not purport to be a complete analysis of the materials discussed. The information contained herein should in no way be construed or interpreted as a solicitation to sell or offer to sell advisory services to any residents of the state other than the state of Washington or where otherwise legally permitted. Topics should be discussed with your individual advisor prior to implementation. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires the review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizons. Investing always involves risk and the possible loss of capital. SoundPath Retirement Strategies is not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. Advisory services offered through SoundPath Retirement Strategies, an investment advisor in the state of Washington.